0: Languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no, these languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org if you're a leader of a team, if you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level. You need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration and reducing the conflict that you might face. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And I told you guys after this series where we've been talking about different types of workplace discrimination, I was going to bring some voices in so we can get some different perspectives. Now, I know you guys love hearing my voice every week, but I think it's important to learn from other people so we can unlearn some negative things or some things that are unconscious biases or just things that have not been necessarily the truth or fact. If we're learning from one another, getting different perspectives, I think it's highly important that we do that. So I'm so excited to have Corey Sigu back on the podcast. Please go back and listen to a previous message that I had with him where we talked about really being an effective leader during COVID-19, but I brought him back so we can talk about diversity and inclusion, as well as we talked about some employee engagement things. So make sure you really get your notepads out and listen to part one of this message. what's up guys i'm so excited to have this special guest back on Corey sigu you guys have probably heard about him or from him before um just a little bit about Corey. he's the employee engagement specialist um he teaches leaders how to engage and cultivate winning teams in order to retain associates and improve performance welcome back Corey.
1: thank you thank you thank you for having me
0: <laughs> how you been how you doing this and let's do another check-in because i know we did that covid kind of like overcoming covid as a leader so how are things now like how like how is covid treating you at this point because things are kind of shifting and changing like what is your perspective now
1: yeah i mean i think everything's still still great i mean the thing is relationships are being built um i mean movement is being made uh you know we're still we're still in the house so i i can't go focus my energy on something else Um, but I would say it's just a, it's a different aspect now because things are starting to open up. So now we have the, with my team, for example, now we have the thought of, okay, what's it look like when we go to work? How, you know, what, what are the protocols that are in place? Like, what, am I safe and doing what I need to do? Right. Uh, what if someone tests positive, like those types of things. So, you know, it's a different shift in when we first went, went home and everybody was like, okay, cool. Now I feel safe. And now we're like, okay, how do we matriculate back? You know, back to work. You know, back to where we need to go, back into society. And am I safe, really? You know, uh, and what plan do you have in place for it? So, you know, those are the types of things we just have to shift. But, you know, I'm I'm actually thankful for this time. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of things learned. There's a lot of uh, progress made. Uh, so, you know, I can't I can't really complain about COVID nineteen at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, so true. Like I've been able to grow so much as an individual and really learn about engagement from another aspect because, you know, I know engagement is your lane. So what are I mean, are there any things that you learned over this time in regards to engagement? I mean, again, that's your your area expertise, but there were are there some new, new innovative things that popped in and you're like, man, this really like I think a lot of other leaders will benefit from this information.
1: Yeah, so I would say, I mean, for me, the, the biggest thing, I don't know if i necessarily learned it, but it was a hard affirm of, of this is communication is key. And I know we talked about this in the past, but like communication is everything when it comes to your your job, your workplace, your team, uh, your peers, because, and, and I say that because there are situations where I've been in where, you know, we're spending time having them to, to go back and explain this. Right. And it's it's like the average person that I was reading up the other day, average, the average leader spends 17 hours a week trying to go back and clarify stuff. And so it was just a, it was just a solid, like, yes, that is correct. Because there's information being sent down from higher ups. There's information being sent from here and here and here. And, you know, as, a, as, as a normal team, people are like, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about this? And there's no answers or there's no, there's no clear direction on it. Or, you know, there's no, there's no, Hey, let me, let me be upfront with you. Let me be real with you because we're all adults. This is what's happening. This is why it's happening. This is what we need from you. This is what do you need from me? And it just kind of reaffirmed that communication is everything because the panic that I've seen, the, the, Asha, when I tell you that I haven't seen this many people call out from work <laughs> in I'm not sure how long. And it's simply because I don't know. So I don't feel I don't I wake up in the morning. I don't feel like dealing with this. Um, you gonna go figure it out for whatever you need to do. Uh, and and that is what it is. So yeah, I, I will say the the new learning is just how important communication is. Like it's 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 invaluable.
0: So even if that's so surprising, because I was going to ask that what has productivity been like, because for me, I'm finding that I am more productive, but then I also have considered or identified that I overwork for some reason while I'm at home. I don't know if it's just overproducing, because I don't want my leadership to think that I'm over here, just like slacking. And also I'm managing a business in, in addition to that. So And business has revved up as well because a lot of people are looking for leadership development and personal development. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm overworking and I'm actually, I don't call out as much like because I have a little bit more of a balance now. So it's surprising to hear that for you, you're seeing people call out more. So what is motivation and productivity looking like for you? And what is your goal to kind of rev up engagement? Um, Or do you even see that, that as a red flag?
1: Yeah. So the thing is, is that, um, and so I talked about the other day, my three P's, right? So I said, you know, panic causes people pain. And so what I mean by that is when, when you're going through different things, when a time where people don't know what's going on, you have to be clear in what you want. You have to be able to give direction. You got to be able to give vision, right? And so when, when you're thinking about from the CEO level, from the director level, from the, the vice president level, the directives that are given down or coming down right now, when we, when we have to communicate that to our teams, it's like, ah, you know, I I don't really have answers for you, but this is what they're saying that we have to do. Um, sure. And in the midst of that, uh, the, when you make changes, people want to, want to have foundation, right? So in any job, you get a job and you say, okay, I'm going to be, for the most part, I'm going to be great at my job. And then you, you know, figure out how to do your job and then you do your job. and then you get promoted, right? And then when you first get promoted, there's a lot of people and a lot of you out there that'll say, oh man, you know, I don't know if this job is for me because it's so new and you haven't figured it out yet. And you're in the midst of trying to figure things out, but you're reverting back to, I know what I'm doing, therefore, or I should say, I, I should know what I'm doing because I was so good at it my job in the past that that buffer period of you trying to figure out life when something new happens, is different, right? So you're not as good as you were, but you expect to be, which is fine. You should always shoot for that. But in the midst of changes, and one of the scenarios I'm going through right now, there's a big departmental shift, right? And so in that departmental shift, job functions are changing, and there's no direction on exactly how you should perform your job right now, right? One day is, hey, go after this. The next day, it's like, hey, go after this, right? And then it's just like, push, push, push. And so I'll tell you, for example, for my team, they're like, well, look, slow down let's make sure this is done correctly before we decide to do as much as we can all at one time and i'm like hey that's a great plan right make sure that this is quality over quantity you know if you if you have to touch something or you have to complete something make sure that it's done right the first time nobody has to go back and check over it. and i'm like great got got a good game plan but then from you know from the higher ups they're like well no push faster i don't you know i don't necessarily know if and actually, I'm going to tell you this crazy story, right? And I'll just ask you a question. If you push someone to go faster, should you expect some mistakes to just naturally happen?
0: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because again, especially being someone that's very analytical, are you allowing time for the verification that the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed? So, right. yes.
1: So naturally as a human, you're like, if you're going to push me to move faster, naturally there's gonna be something that I'm skipping over. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just that I'm trying to move to your pace. And you know I might've missed this one thing here. I might've missed this thing here. And so when I'm bringing these things up in our management conversations and they're like, well, you got to change your mindset. You have to think about um, why do you think that if people move faster, they're gonna make mistakes. And so then I'm like, well, it's just kind of human nature, right? Like it's, it's human nature. You move someone faster, if they haven't mastered it, they're gonna make mistakes, right? Even if they have mastered it, if you move someone to, to push them so much faster, they won't necessarily you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's, right? It's just human nature. And so for, for them, the one thing I'll say is, so now we have this like giant, if you could think about a giant queue of activities to work per day. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I said, if you've got to go into every activity and do boom, 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 right? I got to complete these activities. Um, you know, going to the, going to, you know, for, for insurance, for example, I got to go into this claim. I got to see what's going on. I got to make sure that everybody's contacted, make sure that everybody's set up with things and make sure I send the state required letters and all these things. If I'm moving faster, maybe I miss a letter. Maybe I miss, you know, calling this person because I've hit the, I've hit the big people that need to be called in this, but maybe I miss contacting somebody. Um, but the issue is, is we just expect our employees to just just do and you should just be great at everything and so what happens is, is that creates panic in them and they're like well they want me to move fast and do it right and provide the greatest uh, customer service you can ever you know imagine and so then they get bogged down and say and that's where the panic comes in and so they're like "Ah, i don't know if i'm trying to deal with this today and so all of a sudden the pain kicks in and it's it's ah, i got a headache this morning uh my stomach my stomach hurts uh you remember that uh you remember that thing that happened to me way back when I guess it flared up again. Uh you know, I got I got people calling in saying, oh man, my uh my apartment complex is calling me in this morning. Uh I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's it's things like that, that it's like, okay, all of a sudden we've been working from home, you've maybe missed two days and four months. Right? All of a sudden we make a shift in it. And because the communication necessarily isn't there, because the direction is, isn't necessarily there, I'm sick. Uh I don't feel like, and you got to be honest with yourself. It's not that you're sick. It's not that these things flared up. It's not that your apartment complex is calling you in randomly every, every week now. Um, It's simply because you wake up in the morning and say, because of, because of the panic, I can't deal with this today.
0: Wow. That's so, wow, man, that's crazy. And, And that's the unfortunate thing. It's like when we talked about, we had had that, one review where we were talking about Amazon, right? And mm-hmm. they had a lot of issues. A lot of the, you know, team members that were working at the warehouse said that they had a productivity thing. So they had to hit a certain goal by a certain time. Well, because they have to hit that goal, washing their hands, making sure mm-hmm. that they are doing the health regimen or the process, the hygiene process it was hard to do because you guys have this, hey, you got to have these amount of boxes packed or you have to hit this goal by this time. So what was happening is that people were moving at such a quick pace. They were making sure they were washing their hands. They were sanitizing as often. And then you saw the cases of COVID started to rev up. And it's like those simple things that we don't recognize. it's, It's so important that we also remember that our team members are so valuable. And sometimes I think some some leaders are so focused on the output that they're not considering about the individuals that are pouring into that mission and vision so what do you do as a leader i mean i know we're supposed to be right now we're supposed to be talking about like Mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion but i think this is extremely important what do we do as leaders who are in a position where we have higher ups that we have to report to because essentially we know that leaders leave we know that people tend to transition to opportunities that are less stressful even if it's less pay that they're starting to like check out productivity performance starts to lower or decrease because of those issues. But what do you do or what would you tell leaders out there that are dealing with that issue where leaders at the top, might not really understand the pulse of that first tier that mid tier, and what is de- is what is the dealings that are going on at those first and mid tier le- um, levels? Like, how does someone deal with that? Or essentially, are you like, listen, when you get to this point, if they're not hearing you, they're not listening to you. It's time to bow. So, what was your what's your perspective, and how are you navigating it, being in this current situation right now?
1: So it's 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 really funny, and I I'm like, let's go Amazon. Because we're going through that right now. Right. So we had a management meeting the other day and we're rolling. I was saying, hey, the employees have to go back to the office. Right. Okay, okay, great. Got to go back to the office. No one has a problem with it. However, questions were asked as a management team together and we say, okay, what's your protocol if someone tests positive once they go back on. I actually had someone on my team who tested positive about a month ago. Right. So she's getting over it. So of course her concern is, hey, I just got over this thing. I couldn't smell, I couldn't taste. I woke up in the morning, my body was aching. Uh, like I, I walked to her, she was like, I walked to the refrigerator, I'm out of breath. You know, that's crazy. And so the, the thing is, is, so she's worried about, okay, well, if someone tests positive, am I gonna get it again? Because there are people getting it again. Other people, in, you know, other people on my team are like, you know, and who, who who's, like, I got sports fans, right? It's like, oh, man, these teams are going back to training camp. And you have people that are testing positive. But if you think about it, and I know we both work out. If you think about it, these people are doing elite level workouts, not knowing that they have COVID. And then they get into the facility and they're like, oh, yeah, you tested positive for it. So you got people who don't even know that they have it because they can still function. They still have a high level of performance. You don't even know. But we're met with with things like, well, if the person tests positive, they send them home, quarantine 14 days. And then guess what, to make sure that you're safe, they're gonna test twice before they come back to the office. And so then, you know, we're sitting here like, you're not listening. What I'm asking you is what about me who doesn't have it, but this person tested positive? What, I've just been exposed to that, right? So now what, what do I have to do, you know? And then, and then i said that's that's about a thousand maybe 1,100 people who work in our building, right? So it's it's not a small amount of people in one area. And so those are the types of things where, as a leader myself, I got to sit here and say, okay, so how do we combat this, right? How How do we move forward from it? For my people who are worried about it, hey, can you go ahead and take a look at the doctor? Like, can you meet with a doctor and say, hey, do you think that it's beneficial for my health to be able to go back into this environment, right? Or can you provide me something that says like, hey, I don't think you need to be here. On the other flip side, right, so they, they've they told with the idea now, like, hey, y'all can work from home, right, if you meet a certain, a certain number, right, it's a certain performance. Okay, cool. For those people who are actually hitting those goals right now, let's not even worry about what happens when, when it goes back to the office. Let's focus on what you can do to be able to continue to stay at home, right? So we know these directions are coming from the top. We know those directions are going to be like, hey, eventually one day it, it just is what it is, and I can't personally change that. Now I'm gonna go in and advocate and they're gonna they're going hear my mouth from a little bit. But at the end of the day, I probably can't change it. I can only try to influence it. What we can change is what we do today. So if they're saying we can do X, Y, and Z and stay at home, let's focus on doing that, right? And then let's shift our mission to say, how do I take care of myself? I'm also taking care of the company because I'm performing to the level that you want. So, you know, it's just, it's a hard balance of, we don't know. I understand your health concerns are there. And we've been, you know, shaken the, the playing field up. And if you think about Maslow's hierarchy, we've shaken the playing field up to probably esteem, where you're like, yes, I'm in it. I'm doing my job. I, I feel like I can do this job well to all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm back at square one. And now I'm just thinking about physiological needs because I'm like, hey, am I going to get sick and die or, you know, what's going to happen from here? But as a leader, I think you have to be creative in those things. Take what you have, for example, they, they want to allow us to work from home. What, what do I need to be able to work from home? Cool, let's go hit that. And then we don't even have to worry about what's the office look like, right? And so it's a win-win situation. So as a company, I'm making money for you because I'm performing to the level you want. As an associate, I get to stay at home and I get to stay safe. You know, it's kind of a win-win. But you, uh, the, the biggest thing I'll say is you have to be creative. And what's given to you to be able to, you know, disseminate that information or or create the goal for your associates to be able to hit.
0: Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. I'm so excited to announce that I will be starting a new YouTube series called Why You Need Leadership Development. I need you guys to go check that out. And you might be like, ah, that doesn't apply to me. But it does because I believe leadership is inevitable. Maybe you're trying to move up in your company. Maybe you're in a leadership role now. Maybe you lead in the household. Yes, this even applies to you. Maybe you're a solopreneur and you don't have a team yet. But as you expand, you might soon need one. If you fit any of those categories, make sure you go check it out. So go to the show notes, click on the link, subscribe, set your alarm, and I will see you on Mondays at 6 a.m. I love that. I love that. Like you were able to find like, okay, I know that it's really a productivity thing so let's focus on what can we produce to ensure that we can still keep these safe standards but you know it's just like the unfortunate thing you know that's why entrepreneurship and business ownership is so cool uh Mm -hmm. so beneficial because you can create your own rules but it looks like you were able to identify okay It's really, they want to make sure that productivity is up to par. So if they see that productivity is up to par, that Mm -hmm. means we can stay home. And I think that's why a lot of organizations want members, team members to come back is because it's kind of like, I won't say it's micromanagement, but it's like, it's hard for a lot of people to consider or recognize that people can produce from home. How can someone produce in there at home? I need to be able to Mm -hmm. see them in the building. And, you know, I've been blessed with the opportunity to show That's what it is. We've been able to prove that productivity wise, we're hitting our goals. We're not getting complaints. And because of that, they're like, oh, working from home is beneficial. Mm -hmm. So that that makes a whole lot of sense. It's really a productivity thing. Um, But there still seems to be some small gap or some small issue because you still have people calling out. You still have people that are essentially having an issue showing up because of the level of stress and that's really unfortunate because it's, again it's just like amazon the issue they they gave a list of things that they were saying hey this is what we need but hey you know what we'll just give you extra pay but we told you this is what we need and a lot of times you have a lot of leaders who remedy it and they're not focusing on the main issue the main thing and i want to kind of transition because that's why i want to kind of talk about um Uh, Diversity, inclusion, and equity, because that's what I recognize with diversity, inclusion, and equity, because, of course, diversity is like the faces. It's the gender diversity, making your workplace look like what society looks like. So it's males, females, it's different ethnic backgrounds, different religions, and so on. But, and yes, that's just the faces, but where I saw that there was a major gap was inclusion and equity. Am I included in the decision-making? Um, now, and, and, and do I have equal access to resources and an actual seat at the table? Do I see diversity up top? That, and again, that shows me that you are opening doors for me to have a seat at the table. So, you know, with all that said, you know, since we were talking about change and so on, um, with diversity inclusion and equity being such a big topic right now like what are your what, how do you see it like what how do you see it and how has your organization or even yourself have been kind of like pivoting your thoughts thought process or even how you manage to start considering that has it been a self-awareness thing and you know what just what are some things you recognize when that became more of like a big topic
1: yeah so i mean when it comes to diversity inclusion i can say save- from my level, from maybe two levels up, that there, there, there is diversity. Um, however, the issue is, is that when you start to, to climb from there, when you start to see the senior executives, the, the, you know, the, the senior officers, those types of people, you, know, you start to see one trend, if you get what I'm saying. And so for, for that, it's like, okay, cool. You're speaking the language, but are you walking the language, you know what I mean? Are you walking the, are you walking the walk or are you just talking the talk? Um, cause the thing is, is, and the other day, uh, we just had a conversation about this is, you know, we, we start this diversity inclusion, uh, you know, cooperative and, you know, we're covering everything, you know, the African-American single moms, uh, LBGTQ. Um, i must, I apologize if I missed any of the letters on the end of that. Um, y'all are also included cause I love y'all, but like it's, it's so many different things, right. And they create these different, these different, um, you know, I guess subsets in the, diversity inclusion sector that was, was, you know, formed and, you know, one of the things I said to you, I said, right, well, I could see how this went wrong because the individual who was elected to be the, the, the leader or council member or whatnot for the, the head of the African-American group was a Caucasian male. And so that was like, that's kind of head turning, like, wait, you want, you want the person to us to be able to voice our opinion suit to be the Caucasian, male. Okay. And you know, the, the thing is, is you have to be cognizant as a company, as, as, as a business, right? Like, like to really say, okay, what optically is the best move? What logically is the best move? And is this person really gonna understand? You know, we're going through all these changes right now to really include everyone else and to hear other perspectives and to use their strengths to be able to build our companies, right? But then you make a move like that and say, Um, this is just kind of what we've always done. And that's how a lot of people take it because there's a lot of people, even in just my department, once they saw it, they said, oh, I don't don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And so even if they have a chance to sit on the chair or be a co-chair or just be a member of that group, it's like, but I'm still, and and I'll just be quite honest with you, it's still a, I got a report to, someone told me this the other day, so y'all don't kill me for this. I got a report to master. And I was like, Well, not quite, because no one owns you. But I get the I get the reference because, you know, the person who's supposed to be, the person who's supposed to be taking care of 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 your needs as let let's say an African American person, is not an African American person, right? Um, there was like even in the L B uh, G T Q uh, sector, right? They put someone at the top who fits the description, right? And so it's a guy, a really cool guy. He has a husband. I think he has a daughter or something like that. Like, cool guy, uh, you know, just genuinely good person. And then even with the single mom sector, they, guess who they put at the top? A single mom. And so it's kind of like you, so you hit the buckets on everything else, but then you kind of went to the African-American community or the African-American sector and was like, let's kind of slap this guy over here who doesn't fit the bill like everyone else does. And so that's kind of the head scratcher in that case. But I would say from the, from the ground level, there's diversity. Um, there's a mix of people. Um, we have every culture, creed, ethnicity, uh, belief system, you know, there. So there's no real issues with that. But once you start to climb, optically, it can look like, okay, we're only selecting a certain type of person, right? And I even just had the opportunity to, I guess, coach, I don't know if you call it mentor, but coached through an interview, uh, someone applying for a director position. And so she was an African-American lady. And um, she said, you know, we're, I'm giving her the an ins and outs. Like, hey, look, as a as a leader, this is what I'm looking at, right? Like, and uh, kudos to me because I actually sent her my way. But as a leader, this is what I'm looking at, right? This is what I'm doing with teams. This is what I'm doing with upper management. This is how I'm meshing them together. This is how I'm thriving in the workplace. And this, you know, This is basically like, when you hear my name, these are the things that I'm doing. And so give her all this information. And I thought it was a pretty solid plan, right? And so I even get, I get mentored from other directors, other vice presidents. And so I'm also kind of giving her the game as far as like, this is what I've learned from them. So I'm like, okay, we built a solid plan. And I don't know how many, I don't know how diverse the hiring pool was for this particular director job. But then all of a sudden we get an email the other day that says, hey, congratulations to your new, your new director. Uh, she's going to be co-director in your office. And it was a Caucasian lady. So I'm like, ah, again. Um, so, and again, I, it's all theory. We don't know how diverse the pool was. Maybe the interview wasn't that great. Maybe she had the info, but didn't execute it. So I'm not saying that she should have just been a shoo-in. But when you start to see those last couple hires be a certain thing, or uh, you start to count the vice presidents in there and say, oh, well, how many of them actually... Are different ethnicity than than we have before. Um, so they're trying to tackle it, but I think it's more from actually an optical level, or I should say more of a uh, in theory level. Yes, we're inclusive and we're we're diverse up to a certain level.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's so true. And I think that's the trend. Like even when I talked about in regards to the military, right? I talk about how diversity is you see it you see it from a certain tier but once you start getting upstairs so like even our building at my organization there's an upstairs and a downstairs once you get upstairs the melanin disappears when you go into the hiring pool the melanin disappears so recently we had a uh, we just hired on someone uh to be the director of the organ i mean the section that i work in well so when they sent out that, a letter, or not a letter, but a bunch of emails went out from, like, top, top generals who were saying that this is something they're paying attention to because there are a lot of disparities within the military force where you're seeing that members of the African American community are being punished differently. So then, of course, it's just like a trickle effect. The higher general sends something, someone at the match com level sends something, someone at the base sends something, and of course you're expecting your leader to send out something. So one of my leadership did. So I responded. He's like, if you want to talk about it, talk about it. And I warred with it because it's just like, I'm a black woman. I don't know how he's going to take it, but he said he wants feedback. So I responded. I said, Hey, we have a hiring panel that's being put together. I wanted my team. I wanted my superintendent to sit in it because she essentially will be working for the person. She understands what's going on at our level. And I said, I've noticed that, you know, in regards to this hiring pool, you kind of one-sided, you know, it's white males that are going to be interviewing them. However, this divisions of leaders are women and we're all minorities. I mean, all from different backgrounds. Um, Some of us are single moms, like we are just super diverse where we're at. However, this panel doesn't have anyone that can understand understands the pulse of what's going on down there it's literally people who aren't plugged in with us so i advocated i was just like so you know just in the future i think you want to consider having people that represent that pool of people in these hiring panels and they essentially did bring on a black woman to sit in the panel which was awesome, like I'm glad they listened, they, they really took it in, um, and I hope this is their practice moving on in the future, but the interesting part is the Black woman said something, because I know you said that the top of the person that you have to report to is, you know, a, a white male essentially, she said that she had to tell them, even with their line of questioning, because we provided questions, and some of the questions were about diversity and inclusion, she said that what she doesn't want is to be all of a sudden the minority mascot, so she actually advocated, I shouldn't be the one to ask all the diversity inclusion and you know, those questions, it should be you all. And it's kind of like a tug and war because I can, and, and it clicked to me, I was like, that makes sense because it's like, I'm naturally getting called when, because I did a lot of initiatives in regards to sexual assault, suicide resiliency. So they always go to me period because they think of that, they think of Aisha because I normally do all those things. But when you're thinking about diversity and inclusion, how I can see how someone can say, okay, now you just want to call all the black people. And I think that it, it does make sense to have diverse faces or have someone that is not necessarily in the minority group being the representation because we mm-hmm. want those advocates. However, what you're seeing is that up top it's no diversity anyway so essentially they're at the top but they're still talking to other people that look like them um so it's kind of like that's why that inclusion and equity is so important and i think that's a big thing that people are missing it's like i get it you know we want to have somebody that can advocate for us that might might be non-minority however they're still going to be speaking in a room full of white males predominantly Mm. or white people predominantly um so, it, yeah, I guess as, as someone that is a minority, it's still hard to see where it's like, where are you, where are you actually recruiting from? Um, there's a lot of studies out there that say, hey, referral-wise, when people are be, being referred, sometimes mm-hmm. if you ask the referral from someone that is white, they might only refer white people. Um, when you mm-hmm. think about uh, educational institutions, if you say, I'm going to pull from this high, you know, wonderful university it might be predominantly white because we know most, you know, most of these top tier um, universities are predominantly white. You're not pulling from the HBCU. So it's like all those recruiting tactics that are beneficial. And even when that black woman is sitting in a chair, I made a post and it was like a black woman and she was at a sitting in front of a panel of all white men, white men. We, they don't even recognize that uncomfortability that happens and how, who knows? And again, she might've not just fit the bill because she might've just not been qualified or they did get the best candidate, but there is a level of anxiety and uncomfortability and nervousness and anxiousness that can happen. Um, even when you are in an interview space that doesn't look diverse, where you could stumble where you might not answer the questions effectively because you're uncomfortable. And again, not knocking the person that got the position because I'm going to hope that she got the position because she was the best qualified, but there is a level of understanding that we need to see, um, as we are creating the spaces where we can talk to people that look like us, where we can um, engage with people that look like us. So, you know, what do you, like, if you were to, if you were asked like what kind of differences or what kind of things that you think that your job or any other um, entity can do to make sure that those spaces are more diverse, like, what would you say? What would, what would the feedback be if you could give them some?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the feedback, the feedback I would give them, it's just understand that everybody has a voice. And I know at this time, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, focus on the African American community, but even still, uh, and I'll tell you a story in a little bit, but even still you have so many other voices, right? To be able to come together because, and and I had this conversation the other day, literally we're hindering ourselves because we're not leveraging the the experiences of each culture, of each ethnicity, like we're not leveraging that. so if you only have a certain group or a certain ethnicity or even a certain certain culture at the top of a group how do we bounce off each other right and so i know you go you go off the disc assessment a, a lot right if everybody in the room was just a high d what would get done it probably a lot but it it probably be wrong <laughs> and then yes, you get I mean, it probably like, be a mess <laughs> what if it was all high c's and they'd probably be like, to the detail, right on in it. But then it probably would take you six extra days yes. to be able to say, oh, yeah, let's actually do that. Because you got every single step, right? Or maybe it was just a bunch of S's and they're sitting in the room and they're just like, I got you, you can help. And, you know, I can help you do this, you know, or whatever. And I'm just giving y'all a general overview, obviously. But, you know, it's just that if you have one type of person in there, you can't bounce ideas off. You can't shift the mindset. you can't set, You can't play devil's advocate. You can't say, hey... What if we did do this? Or no, I don't like that idea. Uh, Something that we were just discussing before that, right? Even was, hey, you know that book that you're writing? Shameless plug, by the way. That book that you're writing, um, send it to me. That way I can look at it from a different angle because you need that type of feedback. What are these, what are other people looking at? How do you leverage their strengths? How do you push your business upwards into a sense of we know, the pulse of each different area, right? And you can effectively do that, but you just have to put the right pieces in place, or you have to allow the voice of these people to come from certain areas. So maybe, no, you don't go fire your, uh, your CFO today. Don't, don't do that. But what if you took the CFO and said, hey, look, based on that, that person needs to go and, and sit with the people, right, and see what the pulse of everything is.
0: So what do we learn from this first part of this episode? And please tune back in next week. We really get deep into the diversity and inclusion initiatives and talk about some real life experiences and even how Corey is handling it within his organization or his viewpoint, period. But this first half, I really wanted us to focus in because the reality is we have to make sure as leaders we are engaging effectively. We are paying attention to the needs of our teams. We are making sure that we aren't rushing them and pushing them and really paying attention to each behavior style and finding out how to engage each person individually. I do a lot of coaching sessions or the workshops that I do. And I have a lot of conversations about how we need to customize our approach for our different types of team members for the leaders, for the clients we work with, because everybody functions this differently. I was going to say the same, but they function differently. But what happens is that we utilize the same approach with everyone. So for example, there was a door-to-door salesman that came by the house. They were in my neighborhood trying to upsell a different type of alarm system. So I was like, let me listen to what the person has to say. I wasn't going to answer the door, but I did. I was like, let me hear what they have to say. So as he's breaking down and showing me the different aspects of the the i guess the bells and whistles of the alarm system i started to notice he's like okay i'm only take a few minutes of your time well 20 minutes later we were still standing in front of my door i had already told you that was a t- i was tired because i was celebrating my son's birthday this weekend and i was tired because we had an eventful day so you telling me it's going to be a quick minute it wasn't a quick minute okay Then there was a lot of small talk. So I've already told you already that I'm kind of tight on time because I'm tired. So now you're not respecting my time, but you know, it's okay. I kept on entertaining it. So there was pertinent information that he wanted, such as my zip code. He wanted my, and of course I kind of expected I was going to give an email address, but then there was a point to it where he wants me to watch a video. It's going to be a one minute video. It just went on and on. And A few times he stopped and asked a few questions and he kind of asked, what are your hesitancy? Because there were some certain points where I was just like, I'm not sure. And I said, I'm one of those people who like to research. I like to really dig into the information and find out more about the product. Why? Because my behavior style, I'm that kind of person. I am a slow purchaser. I am that individual that if I'm purchasing something on Amazon, I'm going to read the reviews on not just one product. I'm going to, I just bought a bike. I'm going to look at four or five different bikes. I'm going to read the reviews and really rack and stack which." one is going to be the best option. That's just how I function. So I gave him those clues, but he kept going and utilized a different behavior style, which was more aggressive to say, this is why you need to purchase the product. And I know it was like sales one-on-one but he was not picking up what I was putting down because you had my interest. I stood here for 20 minutes longer than I wanted to. So I'm clearly interested, but you're not picking up on my cues that I am one of those people who is cautious. I need to take more time and research. You could have probably stayed connected and then my purchase would have probably happened because I thought the product was great. Well, then as we continue, He starts to say, okay, well, I'm going to need your social so I can do a soft pull. And I was like, whoa, now I definitely don't feel comfortable by giving someone that's going door to door. And although he showed me his verification, we went on the website, verified, verified all that. I'm the kind of person that I just need to go in and twiddle my thumbs and just know for myself that this is good. Well, then he says, well, you know, I'm in this hot sun and I'm like, first off, I did not tell you to be in the hot sun. You chose to do this type of sales and not knocking it because we're all out here hustling, grinding. That's fine. But now it was just kind of like the role reversal. Okay, now you're now you're being a little bit more aggressive. And then again, as I was saying, I need more time. I feel more comfortable doing this online. Can you send me a link? He kept on pushing that I've already showed you this. I've already showed you that I'm in the hot sun and so on. And just to make the long story short, because now it's, I'm rambling. Ultimately, I said, no, I just prefer a link. I don't feel comfortable. Did y'all know this man just walked away? Okay. Have a nice day. Whoa. 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 You know, and the reason why I shared this story is because it clicked to me because I even told him I was just like, well, there's certain people with behavior preferences because sometimes I'll train or I'll educate sales individuals to understand the four predominant behavior styles out there and how to approach different people who might be more direct or somebody that might need more time and research and how to nurture that relationship. But again, he just wanted to do a one one track way to try to get me to purchase. It might've worked with someone else, but for me, I needed more time. So now he lost out on the customer. He might not feel he did, but he lost out on the customer because he came at me with a one track mind, a one track approach. And we have to realize that when we're engaging our team members, you can even apply this if you're a leader at home, even when you're connecting to your spouse, your kids, you have to approach them differently. I have two children and they have totally two different personality types. I have to approach them different to get them motivated or to get them to clean up or whatever. But in talking to Corey, it really allowed me to recognize that we still have to make sure that we are not functioning with a one-track mind where we're entertaining and interacting with different people, regardless if you're leading in the workplace, in your business, leading at home. So that's my big takeaway. So I want you to think about what was your big takeaway? What was something that resonated with you in this message to make you think like, okay, what do I need to do different in the workplace? What do I need to do different at home? What do I have to do differently in how I lead altogether? together? So... Again, I really want y'all to take that in. Of course, you know, if you guys have ideas or suggestions or you just want to say, listen, I need to get this type of training, hit me up at info at AishaThomas.org. But essentially, I want you guys to seep and let this information seep in because, again, the goal of these podcasts is for you to be able to take applicable steps home. So sit in it. Write down some notes. Write down what do I need to do to make sure I am engaging people effectively, that I am really making sure that I'm finding strategic ways that if I can, if there's a certain type of goal that my team has or my leadership has, I can navigate I can navigate around it to motivate my people. Really think about it, sit on it, re-strategize, and then come back next week and we're going to listen to part two where we're going to really get deep into the D, I, and E, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And really talk about ageism and that perspective from being someone myself. I started in leadership at 20 years old and Corey started in leadership at his young 20s and what our experiences were like in that space. So thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week.
1: I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite
0: the fire? We are
1: speak fire.
0: Oh, and by the way, that's fire with What's going on, everyone? Internal fire.
1: Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire.
0: Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow.
1: Speak fire.
0: Speakfire.com
1: speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces.
0: I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe, turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.